Welcome to the Candor Communication Podcast, where we discuss interpersonal communication and all the human stuff that gets in the way. Join us as we learn to get our message across with more courage, clarity, and connection. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Devon. So hi, Devon, and welcome to your own podcast. So I've got to ask you, why start a podcast? Well, I guess there's a, there's a short version, a long version of the story. And because we've got time, I'll tell the long version. Uh, and I guess more broadly, why a podcast about communication? And because <laughs> I think as, as both our wives told us very quickly, it's like, well, you're not an expert. And in fact, you suck at it. So <laughs> we're definitely not coming at this as, as experts, but more as students and learners on the topic. And, and that's probably where my journey started was w- when I started with my first job as a graduate engineer, I noticed that my, my job was to make the refinery run in the best way possible. And in order to do that, I had to come up with a plan, but the operators who ran the refinery had to execute the plan and mm. they didn't report to me. So the, the question was, how do I influence people who don't report to me to do what I need them to do. Um, and I mean, one way to do it is you can go to the supervisor and say, hey, you got to tell them to do that. But that doesn't, you know, I still have to work with this person the next day. And so that makes it hard to kind of, you want to build a relationship that's a bit better than just based on authority. And so I noticed that the best engineers weren't necessarily the smartest ones. They were the ones who built relationships with people who managed to get on the side with the operators and have influence over them in that sense because you're on the same team. You want the same result in the end. That's what I noticed and that's kind of what got me started into learning more about influence, especially influencing people that don't report to you. And from there, I started getting into more leadership type books and, and resources and podcasts and that kind of thing that really yeah piqued my interest in the in the area of leadership and and influence that's really where i guess my interest in interpersonal communication came from because that's a big part of leadership and a lot of the leadership principles that they talk about is often more how you relate with people it's it's more to do with becoming a better person in a sense for how you relate with people as opposed to necessarily management skills because that's a different section altogether in the literature so Going from an interest in leadership then to communication, and then I thought, well, I can read a bunch of books on it, which is what I have been doing for the last few years, but I feel like often there's nothing to show for it in the end. Yes, I, I grow and I remember some things. I retained some of that knowledge, but I think a much better way to really incorporate what you learn into your life is to really grapple with it, and that means talking about it, it means writing about it. And I saw this podcast as a way to to do that, as a way to have conversations that are really about this topic that will help me to learn. And hopefully, it's something that we can then share more publicly that people can then get something out of as well. So it's not just for my own benefit, but other people might benefit as well. Yep, no, that's great. And so you saw a need in, in the business sense and in the... Uh, in an engineering sense, in terms of improving relationships to maximise performance, did you also observe a, a need in a in a more personal sense, in a you know talking to friends, family, and other people you may have connected with outside of work? Definitely, 
what, one of the things I noticed was that a lot of uh, people who were quite close to me, I would notice that they, I mean, again, I'm not exempt to this, I'm, <laughs> but I'll talk about other people because <laughs> it's easier. <laughs> it's easier. It's what I can notice that you, you find, you, you notice, it's harder to notice, notice the things about yourself, I guess. But I noticed that there were quite a few relationships around me with the people close to me where the people were talking the same language, but they might as well have not have been because they just weren't communicating at all. And it was a lot to do with the assumptions people were making. So it's before the person even decides to say anything, they already know what the other person's going to say back. And it it just tainted the whole tone of the conversation before it even started. And suddenly it's it's full of conflict, it's full of frustration, and it just slowly erodes the, the relationship because that frustration builds and builds and builds. And increasingly I've been getting called in more as a translator to and I, I'd be like, well, what this person's trying to say is this, and put it in a way that the other person can maybe understand it. And, and not, it's not because I'm necessarily particularly good at it, but it's just I, I, this made me notice that there is a real need in professional and in personal relationships where people just are struggling to connect with people. And it might just be selected relationships even. It might not be all your relationships, but there might be that one or two relationships where you just can't seem to really connect or you just feel like you're talking a different language. And it's really that that's what got me interested in interpersonal communication in particular because it's, to me it seemed something that if you can get that right, how much better would those relationships be if you just remove those assumptions or could just better understand where people were coming from instead of trying to or putting your own assumptions into the conversation, thinking about, well, how is that person going to think about what I'm saying? Or where is this person really coming from as opposed to where I think they might be coming from? Yeah, no, that's great. And that makes a lot of sense. So I guess part of this for you is you found a, found a need, you found an area where you have particular interest in. And, you know, if you can help more people, I guess, via podcasts, then what a great opportunity to combine a personal interest with uh, an opportunity to help people more widely um, than just the people you come into contact with face to face. Yeah, exactly, and especially because relationships are so important. Because it is really one of the things that comes up year after year in every wellness study is that relationships is just so key to your overall happiness. It has so many benefits to your health and well-being that I think it's just something that it's worth spending time on and learning more about. So. And I think it's it's fun talking to people and getting to know more about what they do, and um, so it's it's you know partially me just having a bit of fun and, and learning more about a topic that interests me, and in the other part of it is just really hoping that people do get something out of it that hopefully can help them in a particular area of their life. And I guess part of the realization is reaching out and connecting with people. There are so many people who do have amazing expertise in fields of um, you know psychology and counselling and well-being and mental health um, and you know you come in contact with plenty yeah and so it's and it, it's it's interesting because as you get more interested you seek people out who, who are interested in these topics and your your perception of the field just changes because you realize oh there's so much more out there than you realize um, so coming into it I thought oh it's just like there's initially I told my wife I was like do you think there's enough to talk about in communication <laughs> And she laughed at me. She's like, "Yeah, like of course. There's so much to it. Like you can, you can be talking for years about it and and not cover the whole topic. And yeah, it's only when I really got into it that I realized 
oh, okay, there is a lot out here. And the more you, you learn, the more you realize you don't know. So it's definitely one of those, those things. And the reason that I want to include you in, as well, Mark, because when I, I got the idea, but I thought like who, because look, I know that I'm not good at communication, not just interpersonal communication, but just at communication in general. <laughs> so I thought, who can who can I who can I involve that's going to be really good at helping me get this off the ground? Um, and I immediately thought of you because we work together, and you've got a lot of experience in Toastmasters and public speaking. But could you maybe share with people just how, why did you start public speaking? How did that start for you? Uh, yes, yeah, very interesting, and it'll be interesting if any of my past school teachers are listening to this conversation. <laughs> They'll be thinking, "Could you repeat his name?" <laughs> because as you know, I, I remember kindergarten and, and those early years when you're socialising with other people and the, the need or the opportunity comes to give a talk or give some news. And speaking absolutely terrified me. And I know many people say that, but if you read my school reports or ch- a chat to my parents, um, it'll be confirmed that I was the kind of person who would get physically ill when there was advice that I'd be having to give a talk. You know, I would start coughing, I'd be going to the bathroom, I would make myself sick as best as I could because the events and the thought process of getting in front of a group, being judged by that group, the expectations that I would build up in my head of what I would have to do would become sickening. And yes, I'd I'd become sick. And that didn't go away. That didn't go away, you know, it's fair enough having that when you're five or six years old. But that continued all the way through primary school, high school, and parts of university. I remember once um, giving a talk in university, and a few people came to me afterwards and said, oh, I didn't know you, you speak. <laughs> and I didn't know you can, <laughs> you can speak with, with some ability. You come across as like a terribly shy uh, person, and we hardly ever hear you say a whisper. Um, there were times where I was given all sorts of names growing up too. Uh, one name I was given was the name Verbal. And, and that was really a mock uh, making fun of me that I wouldn't verbalize anything. Really? Uh, I'd be that silent person who, who's put in front of a group um, that I didn't know who would completely uh, withdraw. Really? Because that, that is almost the complete opposite <laughs> perception of, of um, who you are now. So how, how did that change? So, so it's interesting. Uh, at home, I was a different person. So mm. I would come home from school and, and I would have built up all this you know, in, internal pressure from, you know, um, I guess the fear of other people. And I'd come home and I'd perform. <laughs> I would let loose. I'd, I'd open that door and it's not unusual usual for me to be putting on a show, to be singing and dancing and, and carrying on like I was the uh, world's greatest entertainer. So so there was, a, there was this two sides of my personality where... At family occasions or family events, I, I could let loose, but send me to school or send me to um, university or send me into the workplace, and there was a, a different sort of fear that, that uh, would arise. But I did have this other side, and this other side would come out, uh, and, and I remember particular events where I would um, perform. It would, my, my, I think, on my sister's 21st, my mother's 50th birthday, my grandmother's 80th birthday, where... I ended up putting on a you know a big event and um, you know imitating the show the, the Rove show if anyone remembers that or this is your life I did for my grandmother's 80th uh, I did the panel for my mum's 50th birthday 
and it became a, an event where we had special guests and um, people would be, be doing little skits and performances and I'd be hosting it or be doing a talk and I would get really good feedback. And so I had a very interesting love-hate relationship with um, public speaking. So a turning point for me was when I ended up in hospital one day and it started off quite innocently. I was um, walking around the house and I guess for a few weeks prior, I was having these unusual sensations around my chest area. And being a bit of a warrior by nature, it got to a point where one day I was sitting on the floor, concerned that I was having some sort of heart problem given it was in the chest area. And my wife said, well, rather than moping around the house and sitting on the floor, you know, if you are concerned, why not get it checked out? So I took myself along to hospital, thought, you know, the doctors can have a look, do some basic um, tests and ECG or whatever sort of tests they needed to do, check it out and maybe that's the right thing to do. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, I went to hospital, they did those basic tests, they did an ECG, they did some x-rays and they couldn't find anything. But just when I was about to leave, or just cl- you know, close to the time when, were, when it was time to leave, the doctors wanted to be sure that there wasn't a lung infection or something underneath, so they decided to give me an anti- antibiotic, which was quite a common thing from the doctor's point of view. They gave me this antibiotic intravenously, so it was straight in my arm, directly in my arm via a needle, and something radical happened. I immediately went into an anaphylactic shock, um, so wow. I, the needle went in and I'm not good with needles anyway. So my wife was there and my youngest daughter, Isabella, um, was there at that youngest daughter at the time and they were in the background and I thought my wife's going to think this is normal, but I knew almost instantly it wasn't normal. Uh, the needle went in, I sat up, um, almost immediately. I felt a surge run through my body from my head to my toes. It was like this rash was just running all over my body and it wasn't long before, you know, I was shouting out for help and my vision just started narrowing in. Um, and as it started narrowing in, I just locked eyes on my, my wife and daughter and I was just thinking, that's it. You know, there's nothing I could do, but I was just completely shutting down. Mm. In a sense, it was good I was in emergency when this was happening because they <laughs> quick... Silver lining. <laughs> an unusual silver lining. But they hit me with uh, artificial adrenaline. I think they call it a pephedrine or something, something that sounds like that. And um, it, it stopped the reaction, though I ended up getting admitted into hospital that night. And that night and the next few days to follow, I was doing a lot of thinking and Googling. You know, probably not a good thing to do, <laughs> but I was Googling, which told me that many people hadn't survived such a reaction. Wow. And so at that time, I thought, oh, what are some of the things that I've wanted to do in life that I haven't done and maybe I need to do? And very quickly after that, I... Gave Toastmasters a call and got involved and I've been with the organisation ever since and I guess through that got a lot of confidence, got a qualification as a real estate auctioneer, uh, given seminars and workshops on public speaking and was fortunate this year to make it to the World Championship semi-final in public speaking. So again, if I reflect back to a child, a school child who was terrified um, reading school reports along the lines of, you know, Mark would do well if he had the ability to come out of his shell. <laughs> uh, you know, my mother can't believe it's, it's, the, it's the same person. Now, now when we go to Christmas parties, <laughs> you're the one dressing up as Elvis or, or always um, 
putting on a show or really being out there. So yeah, it's definitely, you can see it's the personality that you've had at home is definitely coming out now in a more public way. What, what about Toastmasters gave you that confidence? Uh, I think from my very first day in Toastmasters, I got a lot of encouraging feedback. Um, there was a particular person at, at the first Toastmaster meeting who saw something in me, saw a particular talent and ability that stood out and Toastmasters does a good job in terms of giving feedback and that was good feedback for me and um, from there I continue to get good feedback, build my confidence, enter competitions, do pretty good at the competitions and I think the confidence developed from there. Although a lot of that was a lot of it was kind of there in that home sense, and I think Toastmasters helped to to just bring it out and you know give me a bit of confidence. No, you might have these anxieties and fears, but as I stayed longer and did my own research and developed outside of Toastmasters, I learned some tools and techniques to help me with those anxieties and fears that we often uh, often feel. So, do you still get scared or nervous before a speech? Yeah, I'd be lying to say if I didn't. Absolutely, I do. Uh, and that's what I find interesting in terms of communication, that there are so many different layers to it. You know, you can make it to the World Championship semifinals, but you could still have these fears and thoughts. Am I good enough? Will I meet the expectation of others? What are the other people going to think? Uh, was it as mm. good as my last speech? Mm. And so all of these um, fears and thoughts and anxieties and stress can get built up. And I think that is so relevant to this topic of communication and the kind of guests that we're going to have on the podcast who can help us to unpack and understand why does this happen, what can we do about it, as opposed to ignoring it and thinking, mm. no, that shouldn't happen. You know, you've had enough experience, you've had enough practice, you've spoken in front of lots of groups, and sometimes we think, you know, this shouldn't happen. But no, for me, it's, it's definitely still there. Mm. Because I think that's what I find really interesting about this topic as well is it's it's not just about what you know about communication. Like you've got all the tools now from say Toastmasters, so you've got a lot of techniques and tools, but often it's it's the human side of it that still gets in the way. It's it's those fears, those beliefs about ourselves or about other people, you know, what they might expect of us. Like we, we've got all these beliefs in the back of our mind that really drive the way we communicate and I think that that's where I find almost more the more interesting part of it, um, like the the how-to stuff you can almost just Google and look up. But it's the human side that is really interesting because yes, we can learn about it and and really understand it better. But it's really in how you apply that where it's hard. You know, how do you so talking like having those kind of open, honest con conversations that really challenge the way we think or feel about ourselves, about others. And that's often what, at the moment, what I feel kind of gets in the way with communication. So I kind of find that part really interesting. So it's interesting you say that, that you've got all the tools and, and, and tactics now, but there's still that human element of fear in the background that you're working through. Absolutely. And it is the fascinating part. It's not like a mathematics problem where, mm. you know, two plus five is, is seven and that's the end of the story. But there are so many layers, there's so many variables and you can have all the tools and techniques in the world. Uh, and, you know, for so much of my public speaking career, if I call it that, I try to become, I've tried to become a different character. I've tried to become that Elvis Presley. I've tried to become that person that I know I get the laughs from and I know that I get the reaction from. Mm. 
at the same time, I know deep down that I like someone who's real, authentic, who's vulnerable. And mm. even if they aren't perfect, I want to see that real emotion, that true, true emotion come through in a speaker. I value that. But yet there's this internal struggle between I know how to put on a show. Mm. I've been successful at that. I've got a good reactions from that. But deep down, I know that I'm a, a better speaker when I'm authentic and, and real and that true emotion comes comes through. Yeah. And, and it's really the, the people that I enjoy spending the time with most are the people who are authentic. They don't care what people think. They're, like They're not trying to get people's approval. Um, that they really just themselves and they're happy with who they are. And it, it's interesting how like that idea of like coolness kind of develops over time, right? As you know, as a, coming out of high school, then you, a young adult and go, going on, like you realize that the people are really cool, are the people who are themselves. They're not trying to be someone they're not. And everyone else seems to try to be, be more like them, you know, but they, they miss the point that, you know, it's the reason that you like them is because they are themselves. You don't need to be like them. You need to be like yourself. That's that's the thing that that makes them stand out so i think that that really resonates with me as well when i think about the people that i I find that i enjoy spending the most of my time with are people who do exactly that they just authentic they're themselves they're vulnerable they're not perfect and they don't try to be yeah absolutely and i think it's something that we crave deep down we we crave to be accepted Mm. and so we try to put on a show but yet you know as you say it's, it's the real you that people want and in our relationships with you know our, our family and our friends they like us for who we really are they mm. know us for who we really are and they will quickly tell us <laughs> if we're if we're out of line or if we're, we're not that same person and then so, so what do we do with the people that we're meeting for the first time you know are, mm. we, are we a real person and i think during the podcast we've got interesting sessions when it comes to the job interview how, how often are we really ourselves in the job interview mm. session and, and talking to psychologists and people who are educated in that emotional field uh, is really interesting too. Why do we, you know, as Tony Robbins says, why do we do what we do? Mm. Why do we, ha- we behave the way we behaved uh, uh, is a very fascinating area. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because w- one of the things that I'm thinking about, you know, putting on a show, it's like, you can put on a show knowing, well, this is not really me. So even if people don't like it and they reject me, it's not really me they're rejecting. They're, they're rejecting some other part that's almost like a shield that we can carry. Mm-hmm. And But if I'm really vulnerable and show who I am and people reject me, well, that's going to hurt a lot as opposed to rejecting this persona that I'm putting on as a show, almost a character I'm playing. It's almost easy to take that rejection because, well, it's not really me anyway. But it, that that is a heavy shield to carry. <laughs> it's a heavy shield and puts a lot of stress uh, on on an individual. And I've listened to uh, interviews of c- celebrities. Uh, I remember listening to a um, interview with the pop star Beyonce, and she was talking about herself being a very shy person. Really? Uh, yet you know, if, if anyone's seen her perform, she comes across as nothing but but shy. Mm. She looks like she's got all the confidence in the world. But I was, you know, listening to her talking about, you know, so she's terribly shy, but what she does when she performs is she goes into character. Mm. As, I was, as I was listening to that, I, I could relate to that. I could relate to that concept of there's me at home being real and there's me on stage going into character. 
Mm. And going on to character works and it has worked for me. Yeah. But there's a lot of stress to go into character. You want to, you know, you want to make mm. sure you've had that good night's sleep. You want to make sure you're at your absolute best. You want to perform like this superstar. But to maintain that over a long period of time takes a lot out of you. And, and, and it's no wonder why celebrities, you know, turn to substances. And um, I think of one of my, you know, favorite celebrities, Elvis Presley. And, you know, he didn't have a long life and he, struggled with um, trying to maintain this image where everyone looked up to him as this amazing superstar. Um, I think of Michael Jackson. I think of you know, these people who in some ways appear to have made it to the top, but then on another way, how much stress and anxiety were they carrying? What were they dealing with? What were they going through? Mm. Uh, and those struggles. And again, I think of Robin Williams, one of my favorite uh, actors he's amazing on stage he can make everyone laugh and he's got all the faces facial expressions he can go into all sorts of characters but yet he was struggling with some um, really serious mental health issues and there is a lot of strain and anxiety which goes on uh, which comes with trying to be someone so that you do feel accepted and loved by other people that kind of really goes to the point of why this is such an interesting topic and not not just a quick fix because there is a tension there between acceptance and being yourself but also you know when you go to concert you, you expect high quality performance so there is a there is a place for that for that performance for that absolutely doing your best and, and almost putting on a show in that sense so it is not a one or the other i think i mean I, i'm not an expert but to me it feels like there's a tension and because there, there are times where, okay, well, most of the time, hopefully, you yourself and you're real. But there are times where, okay, well, it's game day now and I've got to, I've got to step up. So, which, which makes it hard to navigate between those two extremes. And, and that's, that's, that's why it's not easy. Otherwise, everyone would get it right. <laughs> Absolutely. It's not easy. And if it was easy, this podcast uh, would be very short <laughs> because we tell everyone how to fix it and it would be done. But it's not. There are many different variables. Uh, each human being is unique. Everyone's different. Um, people are rewarded for, for different things in different parts of life. You know, the world tends to reward people for being a particular way. Yet in our deepest, closest relationships, the reward can be viewed very differently. Mm. And so I think that's what makes interviewing different people, bringing on um, guests uh, so fascinating, so interesting, because I don't think there's anyone out there who has perfect relationships in, yeah. in, in every sense. Changing tack a little bit, what, are, what would you want listeners to get out of this podcast? Or why, why did you, because I think we, we talked about your public speaking, but um, why, why did this particular topic interest you? And what do you want listeners, I guess, to get out of it? Yeah, I think I want listeners to feel comfortable and understand that the things that they go through, actually a lot of people go through. Sometimes we think we're, mm. we're the only one. Uh, and it's fascinating and, I guess, educating to speak to people who have a lot of expertise in some of these areas who can help help our listeners understand maybe why they do particular things they do, maybe be more aware of um, ways they can improve their relationships because sometimes we go about doing day-to-day uh, -day things and we don't spend too much time thinking about how it impacts others mm. and how it impacts the relationship because a relationship is more than just us. It's, it's us and somebody else. Mm. And, and so often we just think about us. So I know myself, you know, you talked about earlier in this session that people close to us 
um, said they said to me, you know, Mark, you've got a lot of room to improve in terms of <laughs> your interpersonal communication skills with those those close to you. And absolutely I do. And I think that's why I find the podcast so fascinating that uh, there is so much to improve and some of it is just being being aware. Mm, yeah, that's right. It, it starts with awareness and then it's practice because, you know, just knowing it, it doesn't fix it either. It, it's I think it's continual awareness almost and a continual reminder that, oh, okay, yep, that, that's probably why that that's happening. And this is how, you know, how to fix it. And I think yeah, for myself, it's it's the same. Like I'm not I'm not perfect at all. I can just ask my wife; she'll <laughs> she'll tell you. Uh, but already, I'm I'm realizing just when you know whenever I'm in a a conversation where stakes are a bit higher, you know, emotions are getting a bit heated. Just the things that I'm learning, it was already kind of coming up, and I might not. I obviously don't get it perfectly right at all but at least i'm getting a bit more aware and just re- oh, okay that's that's why that didn't go well because i should have just listened <laughs> right like, like you just kind of pick up the things oh, okay that's what that means now and sometimes it takes a few kind of iterations around to before you realize oh, okay you make the link and then you can actually start practicing and implementing some of the lessons um because i think especially and this is probably the problem when you do a lot of reading you think okay yep yep i know that i'm perfect now but what do you realize is with life experience that it, it's just different. It's it's messier. It's harder to implement. I'm hoping that having a, a conversation about it that is consistent will at least be a, a consistent reminder and a real challenge for people to look at this topic from various angles and not just from, from one particular angle. Yeah, I completely agree. We'll wrap it up and I encourage everyone to, to listen in. We've got lots of exciting guests lined up. Stay tuned for our upcoming podcast. Till next time. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Candor Communication Podcast. We'd love to hear what you think about this episode. You can connect with us by visiting our website, candorpodcast.com, where you can find show notes for this episode, or you can connect through our social media pages on Facebook or LinkedIn. Also, please remember to take a minute to rate and review the podcast. It really helps us to get the word out. Thanks. See you next time.